Hello everyone. In this episode, we are going to talk about a recent decision by the RBI allowing international trade settlements in the rupees as a measure against the ongoing inflationary trends in the economy. Sejal, did you hear about the recent news about the rupee? The RBI stated in order to support the increasing interest of the global trade community in INR, it's been decided to put in place an arrangement for invoicing, payments and settlement of exports and imports in rupees. The RBI has set up arrangements to make international trade settlements possible in INR. So does this mean now instead of using dollars for trade, Indian traders can make transactions in rupees? Precisely. When countries import and export goods and services, most of these transactions are entered into US dollars. If an Indian buyer enters into a transaction with a seller from Germany, the Indian buyer has to first convert his rupees into US dollars. The seller will receive those dollars which will then be converted into euros. Here, both the parties involved will have to incur the conversion expenses and bear the risk of foreign exchange rate fluctuations. This is where trade settlement in rupees comes in. Instead of paying and receiving in US dollars, the invoice will be made in Indian rupees. So, do you have an idea as to why they did it? Yes, um, the basic idea is to increase the demand of the rupee as it's falling at a high rate. You got it right. It's Econ 101. As the traders will start the transactions in rupees, the demand for currency will increase naturally, hence increasing the value of the currency. All this has to do with inflation, right? Ongoing inflation can be seen as a consequence of a falling value of the rupee. Depreciation reduces the value of a country's currency when compared with the currency of other countries. Yep, and what makes inflation control difficult in this particular case is that the factors causing inflation are global and it's not just India coping with inflation, but the whole world is. If you go back to COVID-19 phase, in order to bring pace in the economic activity during lockdown, economies around the globe through their monetary policies reduce interest rates. A decline in interest rates makes it easier to take loans, money becomes more accessible and this increases demand for goods. This global inflation has been provoked by the extraordinary demand for goods in 2021 as countries emerged from lockdowns, shops opened and people were able to go out and buy stuff with the money saved during weeks of economic inactivity. But the demand for goods was so unusual, it overwhelmed the supply and when demand is greater than supply, you either get shortages or you get price increases. Right, suppressed demand. And as this demand-driven inflation was starting to fade, the war in Ukraine wrecked economic havoc. This led to higher commodity prices, partly because there have been constraints on supply. Prices were also going up over concerns the war would disrupt future supply. The price of a barrel of crude oil has consequences for things like food, airfares, patrols, etc. because all of these are reliant on fuel. The result of this increase in commodity prices led to inflation. India's iron ore exports took a near 85% hit in July, year on year. IT services are India's single biggest export and a key source of foreign exchange. But there has been a sharp decline in the IT industry's ability to fund India's fast-growing merchandise trade deficit and current account deficit. The fall in petroleum exports can be attributed to the windfall tax levied by the government in July on oil companies. With this imbalance, trade deficits surged to a historical high of $31 billion. Imports surged 43.6% and exports in July fell 37% from June. $31 billion? 
Yes, 80% of crude oil requirements in India are fulfilled by imports. Our imports also include a large proportion of gold, metals and fertilizers. Entering these deals require transactions in dollars and hence rupee is converted into dollars. These dollars are used to finance imports. This conversion is made on the basis of an exchange rate which is determined by free market forces. So when demand for imports rises, demand for dollars rises. And as a result, the value of the rupee against the dollar falls. With increase in prices of crude oil and other commodities, the value of imports of India increased, leading to a fall in the value of rupee. With all the factors combined, the rupee touched its record low of $80.05 in July. Its value has declined by 25% since 31st December 2014. 25%? That's some lost savings for the consumers. Plus, a weaker rupee makes imports more expensive in an already pressurized world economy due to global inflation. US inflation hit a 41-year high, that is 9.1% this June. And many other countries are are facing rising inflation rates due to various reasons. When inflation peaks that high, the Federal Reserve tends to raise short-term interest rates to tame inflation. Higher interest rates, in theory, are meant to tame inflation, slowing demand amidst rising prices. In response to alarming inflation, the Fed raised the federal funds rate substantially this year, including back-to-back 75 BPS hikes after meeting in, in June and July, taking the benchmark overnight borrowing rate up to a range of 2.25% to 2.5%. Oh, so that is why India witnessed continuous withdrawals by FPIs amid tightening global monetary conditions. Such increase in interest rates discourages FPIs and FDIs to keep being invested in India, given that the US is providing impressive rates. Foreign portfolio outflows from equity in June stood at $6.6 billion, highest since March 2022. FPIs pulled out net 1.22 trillion rupees in 2021-22, which beats the total outflows of 0.84 trillion rupees summed together for 2015 to 16, 18 to 19, and 19 to 20. When this happens, the INR is again converted into dollars, the demand for INR and hence the value falls. And since India is a net importer and depends significantly on imported goods paid in US dollars, a fall in value of INR leads to increase in the price of imports. Now we know what is it and why it happened. But how does it work? Special rupee was-through accounts would be opened in the corresponding banks of the partner trading country. For settlement, Indian importers undertaking imports would make payments in Indian rupees. This would be credited into the special account of the corresponding bank against invoices of the overseas supplier. In the case of exporters, the export proceeds would be paid in Indian rupees from the balance of the designated special was-through account of the corresponding bank of the partner country. The circular also significantly permits the set-off of export receivables against import payables in respect of the same overseas buyer and supplier. So it essentially means that the Indian traders would pay and receive payments in the INR and not dollars. This can be seen as a step towards increasing the value by increasing the demand of INR. Moreover, since India runs a trade deficit, its imports are greater than exports, 
Settling trades in rupees will also save dollar outflows. At a time when the rupee's value is declining every week against the US dollar, saving dollar outflows becomes even more crucial for the RBI. Also, we just completed our 75th year of independence, and independence in true sense is implied only when we are able to make every decision in our best interest. The economic sanctions that Russia faced from most parts of the world subsequently cut it off from the SWIFT payment system. The RBI's decision to allow trade in INR can be considered important as it can facilitate trade with Russia. It enables transactions in rupees, allowing an alternative for trade between Russia and India, hence trying to lower dependency on the US dollar. You're absolutely right. But let's just stop and think for a minute. Is the whole system rosy? And if it is, why have all the countries around the world not adopted the system? Firstly, India's efforts to promote invoicing in Indian rupee and acceptance of exchange with various countries is a Herculean task. In the prevailing global trade protectionism and geopolitical rivalries, each country wants to promote exports and reduce imports. It has another angle as well. Invoicing in Indian rupee and not depending on US dollar may upset India's relationship with the US, both directly and indirectly. It also may have an indirect impact on the services sector for which we are dependent on developed markets like the US and the Europe. Other than this, India's share in global trade is not significant enough and our dependence for import of fossil fuels, edible oils, gold and silver, etc. is quite large. It's unlikely that exporting countries will consider Indian rupee as a currency of invoicing unless it suits their interests. So now, if India, which is considered one of the global powers, will have such difficulty carrying out this measure, imagine how difficult it must be for all the other developing and underdeveloped countries. So while this measure is towards making India a more progressive economy and a superpower, the benefits cannot be reaped in the short run. It will require a lot of efforts like making the rupee attractive to the foreign traders and a higher share, share of India's trade in the global market. If implemented properly, the benefits are huge in the long run, which will eventually make India a truly independent economy, wherein economic decisions regarding trade will not be driven by political motives. Enriching, wasn't it? With that, we conclude our podcast here. Thank you for listening. We hope you learned something new. Stay tuned for more interesting podcasts.